Nikita Brooks here. Welcome to the Single Moms Brunch Podcast. Yes, we are going to chat it up, ladies. Yes, we are. Where we have conversations about mindsets, opportunities, money, and definitely success. Go grab your mimosa, your eggs benedict, or maybe even your egg or waffle and join the conversation. There, entrepreneurs and moms, Lakita Brooks here. Welcome to another episode of the Single Moms Brunch Podcast. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And this is a unique episode today. Like I've seen so many posts about MSW students trying to figure out their path, and then social workers who are like, what else can I do in my career? So I have created this podcast designed specifically this episode to give you that five-step blueprint. So basically how social workers can take the five-step blueprint to have an amazing life as a social worker, even if you don't know your niche, and book your high-end expert sales call with me at getpaidforyourexpertise.com if you are that entrepreneur who knows that you desire to get paid from high-end coaching, government contracts, and consulting. So number one, what is your why? Why did you go into social work? So I'll just, so each time I'm going to give you a step, I'm going to also just kind of give you a story about, you know, what made me go into it. So literally I was that entrepreneur. My daughter was maybe three. So about, I would say since she was like, she was born in 2005. So like literally after she was born, I want to say I worked one job teaching for about three months and that was like the worst ever. And then I did a contract opportunity at Citibank for a few months. But besides that, through like her first three years of of being alive, like on this earth, I literally literally was an entrepreneur with 10 hustles. Like I did loan closings. I flipped cars, flipped houses. Like I did a variety of things. Like I, I actually hosted hair shows. I'm not even a cosmetologist. I sold hair products. Like I did a series of things to generate income because I always knew that I wanted to be that mom that's single who could be that present parent and provide financially, regardless if her dad did it, if he didn't do it, whether I got married and shoot 17 years later, I'm still single, but guess what? I'm living my best life, honey. Yes, life is amazing. I have the impact, the money, and the time for self-care, family, and travel to do all those things. So that leads up to the point where it was like, okay, Lakita, like you make money, you provide financially for your daughter, and you're that present parent. You're the homeroom mom, the dance mom, the field trip mom. Like I'm the mom that's present. I'm the car rider mom. So I'm there for everything, but then I still felt like something was missing. And with the help of my friend Tia at that time, she helped me realize, oh my goodness, I don't have any purpose. So yeah, I might make a profit, but I have no passion for what I do, nor do I have purpose. So hence why I went back to school to to be a social worker, because we thought about, okay, like, what am I naturally good at? What do I do that 
I do without any education, without a degree. And and I naturally am just an amazing problem solver. Like, that's who I be. That's what I do. Good, bad, and indifferent. You know what I'm saying? I know how to navigate and I am a problem solver. You might as well say I'm like Olivia Pope of social work okay of just life because that's just what i do so that's why i went into social work so number one was what is your why why did you go into social work so number two is how much do you need to earn to pay your bills so in an ideal world if money didn't matter i probably would have focused on working with moms that's single for them to know that the possibilities for their lives are infinite helping them with career planning business planning and all that stuff if i didn't have to be concerned about money that's probably what i would have done but remember i'm a mom that's single i have to make a certain amount of money so for me i calculated my expenses and at that time pretty much $40,000 would be enough money for me to sustain my lifestyle because in order for me to go back to school to get my master's of social work, I filed my own own paperwork for chapter seven bankruptcy on my birthday, okay, in 2008 to let go, to let my house go into foreclosure, cars go, you know, be repossessed, land that I had, timeshares, credit cards, all that debt I had because I thought that's what living the American dream meant, having a big, big, big bills and big cars and big house and all this stuff. And then I realized, like, no, that's not what the American dream is really about. So I filed for bankruptcy just to be able to go back to school full time, get my master's in social work, be a present parent and be able to provide. So I lived off of student loans. So I knew my number was 40K. So what is your number? Number three, like what are your values? And along with that, like what type of work environment do you need? So for me, my values are freedom, flexibility, and having the finances to provide for my child. Like I didn't want to be that parent. Like when I grew up, my mom and my stepdad were those parents who worked a lot to provide. So I know what it's like to be a latchkey kid. I know what it's like when you have a family that's financially supportive of you, but not necessarily mentally and emotionally mentally and emotionally supportive of what you were like so I knew what that was like to grow up that way and I'm not saying it's bad they did what they knew to do like I feel like with every generation we all do what we know to do and they did what they they did what they knew what to do they did hey they handled their business they provided they supported me financially and even when I went off to college my mom still supported me so I'm very thankful of that But I knew once I became a parent, for me personally, I take pride in being that mom that can provide for my child, but also take pride in being able to be present, to be on those field trips, to be there when the school calls, to be, shoot, I even quit my job at the Department of Veterans Affairs, February 2019, because my teenager that was in eighth grade at that time needed additional support. I was going through the worst the worst custody case ever in life and let me tell you a co-parenting custody case that lasted a year and a half which is absolutely ludicrous but anywho i pride myself that i didn't allow my kid to go to an alternative school no i quit my job at the government to homeschool my child because once again my number one priority is to be that present parent whatever that might look like 
So I did what I needed to do. So that's those are my values. And because of that, I couldn't work in an environment where I work in four walls or that I'm required to work in a hospital. Now, if I had to work in a hospital, I would have. But I set myself up for other opportunities so I could always do community social work. And my first job was actually in hospice as a community social worker, because once again, I like working in the community so I can have freedom and flexibility. And then even when I worked at the VA, I worked as a healthcare for homeless veterans outreach social worker, and that provided freedom and flexibility because that was a community social work job. So I didn't want to be in an office all day where someone, where I have to check in, someone's stopping into my office, seeing what I'm doing. No, let me be about my business out here in the community, getting my work done, working around my daughter's schedule, around her life and what she has going on so that I can be involved. So those were the things that was important to me when it came to my values. So what are your values was number three. Number four, which industries will pay you the salary that you desire? So for me, my number was 40,000 and this was in 2010 when I graduated with my master's of social work. So I guess technically 2011 is when I actually started in the profession because I literally graduated December 2010 with my MSW degree. So for me, 40,000 was the number and there were pretty much only three industries within social work that was going to pay at least that 40,000. That was hospice. The Department of Veterans Affairs or medical social work. Those are pretty much my three options. So I didn't consider DCF and all those other type of agencies like nonprofits and all that. No, because guess what? It's nothing worse than a social worker that cannot afford to pay their own bills. And then you're expected to serve somebody else and you can't even support yourself. It's, it's basic one-on-one Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We have to make sure that we are sustained, that we are self-sufficient with food, water, and shelter. And if our basic needs are not, are not met, we're living in a deficit. And we have to be able to give. So that means we need to be in overflow. That means we need to have ex- access. Excess, rather, which means having more of. That's what that means. So I knew that and I understood that very basic fundamental concept. So when I did my internships and built relationships, I solely focused on relationships in those three industries and internships within those three industries once I realized, okay, I have to be extremely strategic. My first internship because I had a bachelor's in psychology. So I actually had two internships to do my master's. So my first one was at Pace Center for Girls. And once again, that goes to the passion. Oh my goodness, I love teenage girls. But I realized Pace was not going to pay me enough money. Plus, I was quite offended. They had the master level individuals wiping tables. Like, I was like, what in the world? So you're not only paying in the 30 some thousands and you got me wiping tables and I got a whole master's degree. No, thank you. So with that being said, I literally move over, I don't know, like 300 or 500 miles, literally move that far to move from Tallahassee, Florida 
to Augusta, Georgia for an internship with the Department of Veterans Affairs because that was how serious I was about eventually getting a job with the VA and I didn't immediately get a job there but I did get one eventually and I worked at the VA for six and a half years. So what industries will pay you the salary that you desire or at the bare minimum the salary that you know that you need to make? So 40000 was going to cover my basic expenses Along with me taking my daughter to an amusement park every now and then, you know, the movie theater, the skating rink, things like that. Some some activities, going out to dinner, not a lavish lifestyle. Now, we weren't traveling to Belize and Dominican Republic and all that stuff back then. We wasn't doing that. But we did take some road trips to Valdosta, to Orlando, things like that. So how much do you need to make? Or you desire to make. You can write down both of those numbers. And I wasn't even focused on desires at that moment. At that moment, because I understood that social work was not a high paying field. So I didn't have a very high expectation. I just was like, I gotta make forty thousand. And guess what? On my first job as a social worker working at hospice in Georgia, I did end up getting my LMSW because Georgia offers that. I made $48,000 at my first social work job straight out of school with my LMSW. And then once I moved to Florida, at which they don't have an LMSW, they have a registered clinical social work intern, I actually took a pay cut and took that job for, I want to say, $45,000. And then within a few months, the Department of Veterans Affairs job opened, and I want to say I made $52,000 at that job, and that was about... I guess at that point, I might have had like a year of experience, I want to say, as a hospice social worker. So literally, I qualified for the GS-11 because I had the LMSW and the one year of experience. And when you work for the federal government, it doesn't matter where your license is at. They pretty much recognize all legitimate licenses. So it you could work anywhere in the world. Well, I'll say at least in the United States. I don't know how that works internationally. And it could work internationally, especially if you're still working for the United States but the job is overseas. So yeah, it probably is the same. But either way, it doesn't matter where you get licensed at, the VA or federal government recognizes that license. So that was number four, which industries will pay the salary you desire and also do, write down which industry is going to pay you that minimum salary that you know you need for your basic quality of life. And number five, I guess I touched on this already. <laughs> what connections do you need to make to become more marketable? So in my world, what I did, I knew that I desired to work for the VA. I had, I never intended to be the 30 year retirement person. That was not on my horizon because I'm genuinely, I, shoot, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, period. Like I have an entrepreneurial spirit. I love entrepreneurship because I believe entrepreneurship is the only way to truly live the life that you desire, to have the impact that you want, to have the money that you want, to have the time that you want for self-care, family, travel, to do what you want, when you want to, how you want to. Entrepreneurship is the only way. No job is going to just pay you enough money to do that. You're going to have to invest in something which is still entrepreneurially driven. You're going to have to take your money and do something if you desire to build 
true wealth and truly have that legacy that you desire to leave, especially when it comes to a financial legacy. Now, you could definitely leave a lot of types of legacies, but what I'm talking about is the one where your family is better off or your kids are better off than what you were. Not saying you started out bad. Like, I started out middle class. I can't sit and complain and say, oh my goodness, the struggle is real. No, like, I grew up solid middle class. And when I went on social assistance, it was a decision that I chose to make to go back to school to get my master of social work degree so I can solely go to school full time, live off student loans and be a present parent. That was a decision I made. So I didn't grow up in social assistance type of environment. So my family didn't do that. Matter of fact, I didn't even get the Pell Grant or nothing because my family was one of those families that made too much money in order for me to get any assistance, but then they didn't make enough money to pay all the bills for college. So it was just a catch 22. But for me, when I was on social assistance, that was when my daughter was three going on four. And when I went through graduate school, because that was a decision I made to take a step back, get rid of all those big bills, go to school full time so I can have purpose, passion, and make profits. And I've done that. I went from social assistance to becoming a six-figure business owner, monetizing my social work degree, being an MSW, and also being a licensed clinical social worker. So what connections do you need to make? I made the move for an internship, and eventually it led to me actually getting a job with the VA. Are they connected? Who knows? But in my mind, this is my philosophy. Do everything that you know to do to make yourself marketable. So if you know that you want to work in hospice, then maybe you might want to volunteer at hospice agencies, get an internship at hospice agencies, go to the NASW meetings or, you know, one of the other social work meetings and connect with other hospice social workers to find out to learn you know learn about their role what they do how they get to where they want to be if you want to do hospital same thing go and do an internship at the hospital connect with other connect with social workers that are within the medical field connect with social workers that are doing what you desire to do and they don't mind answering questions when you're a student they don't mind asking Like, they don't mind you asking those questions. And even when you're a social worker, some social workers, a lot of them genuinely just want to help. They're not building a business off of teaching people how to become a hospice social worker or how to become a medical social worker. So build those genuine, strategic, intentional connections. Build relationships. So one was what is your why? Why did you go into social work? Number two was how much do you need to earn to pay your bills? Number three is what are your values of freedom, flexibility? What are they? And, and what do you need or what type of work environment do you need to work in? And then what's in number four, what industries will pay the salary that you desire or at least the salary that you need? And number five is what connections do you need to make to become more marketable so these are the five steps the five step blueprint to help you have an amazing life and these these are just the basic things that i did when i before i started graduate school matter of fact to be exact to kind of get a clear picture of what i desire to do because social work it's a it's a blessing and it's a curse that it gives you so much freedom and flexibility so because it's not structured any particular way you have to be very intentional about your path and I've given you those five steps to start with because at the very beginning of your social work career your number one job is to make a livable wage because trust and believe my income has increased 
drastically over the years from the time when I started to now my income has over has doubled. So I say to you, just make sure with that first job, you're making a livable wage. And if you can work at a job that's going to offer your supervision for free so then you can get your LCSW. All right, so I am Lakita Brooks. Book your high-end expert sales call with me at getpaidforyourexpertise.com. If you know you're the entrepreneur that desires to get paid from high-end coaching, government contracts, like I have a quarter million dollar federal grant with the VA helping veterans with life skills and coaching. I've already, we've already done two years. Now we're in our second two-year renewal period. So really that's like a half a million dollars. You know, I haven't, in my coaching, I sell products for over $1,500. And also I do consulting with uh, DEI, which is diversity, equity, inclusion, wellness, social work consulting. And I make good money doing that too. So you can also do the same thing if that's what you desire. And book your high-end expert sales call with me at getpaidforyourexpertise.com. I am Lakita Brooks. I love you all. I thank you all. I appreciate you for joining me once again on the Single Moms Brunch Podcast. And until next Sunday at 11 a.m., ciao! Thanks, Mom, for joining me today at the Single Moms Brunch Podcast. Yes. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, and tell all the other moms that you know about it. Know what, mom? I can't let you go without giving you a free gift. So make sure you go to www.singlemomsbrunch.com. Once again, that is singlemomsbrunch.com to get your free gift. I am Lakita Brooks, and remember, you are not a single mom, you are a mom that is single. <laughs>